Welcome to Inspire Her Health, your podcast for all things her. We are a one-stop shop dedicated to inspiring you to live your best by providing the latest tips, tricks, and stories from leading experts in the industry. Our mission is to bring women just like you together in an inspiring community to enhance your mind, body, and life in the healthiest way possible. Welcome, sister. You're in the right place. This is where you belong. So let's begin. This episode is brought to you by our favorite superfood company, Energy Bits. Energy Bits are tiny nutrition tablets that contain spirulina and chlorella algae. These algae tablets are safe, pure, and packed with over 40 micronutrients and plenty of protein. These fast, easy, convenient raw tablets can be swallowed, chewed, added to smoothies, salads, trail mix, or other healthy snacks. Now, not all algae is created high quality, but at Inspire Her Health, we trust and stand behind Energy Bits tablets because they are the only algae brand sold, endorsed, trusted, and used by doctors, nutritionists, and wellness professionals nationwide. They are also endorsed by over 50 Olympic athletes and professional athletes. So whether you're an athlete yourself, a mom like me, working professional, wellness buff, or somebody in between, these superfood tablets are sure to help improve your immune system, energy, focus, hunger, beauty, nutrition, and overall health. Visit Energy Bits website to learn more and order your LG superfood tablets today. Go to www.energybits.com and use the promo code INSPIREHEALTH for 20% off. Once again, go to www.energybits.com and use the promo code INSPIREHEALTH for 20% off your order of these amazing algae superfood tablets. Welcome to another episode of Inspire Her Health podcast. I'm Christine Nicole, your host, CEO, and founder of Inspire Her Health. So on today's episode, I have Susan Proper. She, we had a fantastic conversation all around stress and how stress can affect you in so many ways in your life, but especially in finding your true purpose and stepping into your true power as a woman. We also talked about some self-care tips and tricks that you can do to really help nurture yourself through stressful times, and it's a real good, feel-good episode. Susan starts out by talking about her incredible story of how she ditched the corporate grind, found her true calling and joy in life, and now she helps women do the exact same. So a little bit about Susan. She is a life coach and a certified yoga instructor. She helps women overcome corporate burnout, dig out of depression, feel forgotten dreams, and she has many tools under her belt. And some of them include holistic coaching, yoga, meditation, aromatherapy, and wellness retreats that she does around the globe. She is an absolute joy to listen to, and I know you guys are going to get a lot out of this episode and feel super uplifted and inspired after you're done. So enjoy listening. So without further ado, let's listen to Susan Proper. Welcome to the show, Susan. So excited to have you here with us today. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. It's so awesome to see you and hear you. And honestly, it's for those of you who don't know Susan, she wrote a real fantastic article on the Inspire Her Health website all around self-care during stressful times. So today's episode, I kind of wanted to really touch and dive into stress and what we can do to mitigate that and how stress can really you know, impact us, not so much on a physical level, but an emotional level and, you know, really block us from stepping into our power. So that's what we'll, we'll base this episode on today. But before we start, Susan has a powerful story, powerful and inspiring story of her journey to where she's at now, how she ditched the corporate grind and found her true joy and calling in life. So I would love for you, Susan, to tell us that story and share that with our listeners. 
Sure, I'm happy to do that. Well, really what happened to me is I left the corporate world uh, freely of my own will. It wasn't as if I um, was let go or laid off or anything like that. I left of my own choice. Uh, but what happened was after I left the corporate world, I uh, had a very successful career um, and loved my job, uh, but had sort of reached a point of burnout in my job. Um, I found that I, my whole identity was based on that job and on my careers over the years. And what happened was after I left, I didn't know who I was anymore. And I sort of went into a, well, not sort of, I went into a downward spiral. I literally didn't know who I was. I didn't have a sense of purpose anymore. Um, and I found myself uh, becoming depressed, clinically depressed, and realized that I didn't have any reason to get out of bed anymore, didn't have any reason to do anything much. So I stumbled into a yoga studio and basically found myself. Uh, and I'm making a very uh, beautiful story, a little bit shorter uh, than it normally would be, but um, I ended up actually uh, going to therapy I have to say 100%, if you are clinically depressed, you, you may need to find professional help. And in this case, I did. But along that way, I also wandered into this studio, this yoga studio, and I found a group of women who helped me change my life and helped me find myself. And I fell in love with yoga to the point where I was going to that studio four or five times a week. And it literally changed my life. It turned everything around for me. And I became, uh, I became so focused on my wellness and um, meditation and yoga that uh, I eventually started a new career. And I'm having trouble with my microphone, and I'm sorry about that. Um, but I found... I found my dharma. I found my purpose. And it was a, um, a real awakening for me. And uh, I, I really feel that without having gone into that yoga studio, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And I wouldn't be um, living the life of my dreams that I am right now. That's amazing. And you know, yeah. that story, Susan, I've heard so many times where people go from the everyday, you know, nine to five grind and they step in and there's something about there's the practice of yoga for a lot of people that have, that transforms, literally transforms who they are internally and then transforms their life externally. What was it about, what would you say was, was the, the reasoning behind the fact that the practicing yoga helped you kind of break through from, from that old mental, um, you know, kind of constraints to uh, then stepping into your power and your joy. What is it about the practice of yoga, would you say, that really helped you? Well, you know, a lot of people, when they first start yoga, they start yoga because they think, oh, I need to be flexible. Um, I need to lose weight or, you know, something more on the physical side. And there's nothing wrong with that, that's for sure. And that's a good reason to get into a yoga practice. Um, but that wasn't the reason I went into yoga. I just felt more drawn to get into it because I thought I needed a sense of peace and I thought maybe I would find it there. And I think that that was exactly what happened for me. And I think that's what happens for many people that do go to yoga. Because when you go to yoga, you learn, uh, not only do you, you, you learn how to use your body differently in the asanas, but you learn how to breathe differently. You learn how to use both the breath and the body 
uh, in the practice as uh, a tool. And while you're doing that, you become so introspective and you learn more about yourself than you ever thought you would. And you're lying on your mat at the end of the practice and you're in what's, what's called shavasana or corpse pose. And the instructor will tell you, leave behind what no longer serves you. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I did. I, from the very first shavasana that I ever experienced, I began to leave behind what no longer served me. And, you know, you can say, oh, that sounds like a fairy tale, but for me, it was not a fairy tale. For me, I just started to leave behind um, the the feelings of loss and regret and and pain that I was holding that were no longer serving me. And I started to welcome in the joy and the camaraderie and the sisterhood. It was true sisterhood that mm-hmm. I was finding there. And I just started to welcome all of that in. And that is what yoga started to mean to me and started to feel like to me every time I stepped into that studio. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear that a lot. And honestly, I've, I've had transformations in, in with yoga as well. Mm. Now, what point did you find Susan that you got, you know, you were doing your yoga practicing and at what point did you decide, Hey, you know, maybe I should do my teacher training and teach others this and empower others to go through the transformation that you did? Yeah, well, <laughs> I had been, um, okay, so, you know, I'm, I'm not a, uh, a younger person in my 20s. I'm, I'm sort of in a midlife stage of my life here, not ready to retire by any means, but I, um, I thought, oh, God, am I going to start something new here? The studio was offering... Um, a teacher training, and I had only been taking yoga for about a year. And I, I approached the studio owner and I said, geez, you know, do you think I would be able to take this? And, you know, the both of us had a long conversation about it. And she said, well, even if you don't teach, even if you decide after you take it, you don't want to teach, you will still have learned a lot to improve your own practice. And I said, you're absolutely right. I'll have learned a lot about anatomy and and, um, different types of yoga that get discussed and the history and and all of that. So I decided to go ahead and do it. And I have to admit, I probably was not thinking about teaching Mm -hmm. when I went into it. And then while I was um, in my teacher training, I, I've, I distinguished a couple of things. One is what my real passion was about uh, the style of yoga that I loved, which is yin yoga and uh, yoga nidra. Those two things became my true passions. And, um, and I also realized that there is a, a part of me that is drawn to helping women. And I think it's, there's also part of me that draws women to come to me for, uh, I don't know, I don't want to use the word advice, but uh, for, they come to me like, hey, you know, can I talk to you about this? Or can I ask you about this? Or what do you think about that? And I, I, the more I thought about it during my teacher training, the more I thought about, hmm, this is, this is kind of interesting. And Um, by the time I finished my teacher training, I was like, I was kind of, it was like puzzle pieces sort of fitting together. And I thought, I, I, there's something here that I need to put together and I need to figure it out and I need to, to contemplate it and work it out. And it took me a little while, but I eventually did fit those puzzle pieces together and said, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to teach and I'm going to help women with everything that I've learned and I'm going to Uh, I know that there's other women out there that have gone through, I don't know if I can say this, but the shit that I've gone through. (laughs) Oh, you can say it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, I know that I'm not the only one. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, you know, whether it's exactly the same thing that I've gone through or something similar or something, uh, you know, that, that, that makes you feel not yourself anymore, you know, that you, you just feel I, I missed the boat or I've left something behind or something incomplete or um, I, I don't know, I, 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 I wanted to do this, but I did that instead and now I'm regretting that I didn't do this. Uh, and I, so those, those, those are the feelings that I have that I want to help women get through that, get through mm -hmm. that crap and, 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 um, learn how to move past it, move beyond it. And maybe, yeah, go back and, and follow that dream. Um, or maybe not, maybe just say, okay, I, you know, I've moved beyond that, but learn how to accept or deal or move on or whatever it is that you know um the choice is so yeah. yeah well what you're doing is so powerful and there's so many women out there that need this kind of coaching and encouragement because you know we we can get so caught up in just doing the every day to day, right? Grind and going through life on autopilot, yeah. but not really looking inward and, and saying, is this really for me? Is this really giving me joy? Is this really, is this really fulfilling me at a, at a, you know, a cellular soulful level, right? So yeah, that's really commendable that you found that. And, you know, I, I was listening to your story and it, um, you were saying that, while you were teaching yoga, people were coming up and asking you for advice on other things. So because you went through that transformation, people probably subconsciously, women had seen the change, knew that there was a change in you. There's something different about this woman. It's because you've walked the walk and, and, you know, and now you're talking the talk and now you can actually help people through the things that you went through. So that's, that's really powerful. That could be um, because during during teacher training, you have these women's circles, right? And you share and you're very open and honest. And there's a lot of tears. There's a lot of laughter too and fun, but there's a lot of tears and there's a lot of personal stuff that gets discussed. So um, some of the things I've shared with you, I'm sure I shared in that women's circle too. So uh, those women, that, there was one guy in our teacher training, but <laughs> most, most of those uh, women, you know, they, they knew exactly where I was coming from and they knew, uh, you know, all the, the stuff that I was regurgitating and talking about. So yeah, probably, you're probably yeah. right about that. Mm -hmm. Now, did you, do you think, you know, when you, looking back on when you were doing your, your nine to five corporate job um, and you were just not feeling like that was your calling, do you feel, would you say that stress had a big role in the fact that at that point in your life, you were not able to tap into your power and really find out what your joy was? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say yes with a capital Y. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, okay. There's a couple things. Um, I, first of all, I did really believe, and I, I must say, to a degree, I really enjoyed my job, my last job. Uh, I met wonderful people. I uh, got to travel. I, um, you know, it's an interesting job, a fun job in many ways. But it was a job that required, you know, on average, I would say 60 hours a week. Wow. Um, and and it, was, uh, it was a stressful job. I reported directly to a board and the board changed yearly. So I had to always figure out who were my allies, who were not my allies, uh, politically speaking. And it was uh, always a challenge. So there was tremendous stress in that job. Um, I was not into self-care is all I can say. Mm -hmm. During my 10 years at that organization, I was not into self-care. And I do recall during uh, my years there that I did want to do yoga. And there was a, um, a hot yoga studio near me, <clears throat> but I just never, ever um, even could stand the thought of having to get up at like five o'clock in the morning to... Um, 
go there because I was already getting up early enough and staying up late enough, you know, just to work my job. So it just was not something I, I um, wanted to add to my already busy schedule. Mm-hmm. Although I'm sure it would have been so super healthy for me, but I just never did. And, you know, bad eating habits, uh, not enough sleep, uh, it just all the wrong things as far as self-care goes. Uh, so stress was, was um, a definite um, part of that job on a daily basis. And I don't know if I can say that that's the reason why. It's not the reason why I left that job. It was just time to, to leave that job. But it was, um, it was, uh, it was a bad side effect mm-hmm. of that job. And um, it definitely did prevent me from finding my purpose. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you say that in your, in your website, Susan's um, website on her page where she talks about her services. She talks about helping women break through, uh, you know, from stress and so they can step into their power. So I really would like to dive into that stress factor today. And that's why I kind of was talking to you about stress and your old corporate, you know, job and that sort of thing. So, you know, I really feel like the topic of stress right now is so, is very important. And I think it's going to really resonate with a lot of people that are listening. You know, there's so much tension in the world. We've got the COVID-19 going on. Uh, we have now we're into the anti-racist protests and the whole movement behind that. Uh, it's a time of high stress and high anxiety for a lot of people. And, you know, these, these feelings might show up differently for each individual. And, you know, um, and a lot of people maybe do not even know, they may not know what, that they're stressed because they're just go through life and on autopilot and, you know, things around them might be crumbling and their health and all these things, but, you know, their sleep, but what, like, what are some different ways that stress can show up in people's lives? Like what are some of the ways that you've noticed it in your life as well? Oh, well, uh, in my life, I don't get quality sleep. Um, or quality sleep and I don't get enough sleep. Mm -hmm. I tend to be the type of person that, um, not only is my sleep, uh, interrupted a lot, I'll wake up, I'll have a bad dream, I'll wake up, or I'll hear a noise, I'll wake, I don't sleep soundly, and I don't uh, sleep enough hours. So I'll stay up late, for some reason I'm just anxious. I just have a lot of anxiety, and so I'll stay up till probably, this is terrible to admit (laughs) publicly, (laughs) uh, but I will stay up sometimes till one o'clock in the morning, and and then I'll get up at like five o'clock in the morning. So that is definitely not something anybody wants to do. <laughs> Don't recommend it. <laughs> no, no, that is not enough sleep. Um, you know, so that is definitely something that shows up for me. Um, and then another thing that shows up for me is uh, I typically am the type of person if I become overly stressed and anxious. And for me, I, I do become anxious that's another sign for me is I, I get very anxious and, and that affects my concentration and I become easily um, uh, sidetracked and, and, and lose my sense of what was I doing now? Wait a minute. Why did I walk into this room? And I'm, I know we all do that to a point, right? You know, you, you, you think, oh, I was going to get my keys, but now where did I put them? We do those kinds of little things all the time, but I'm talking in a, in a big way where you just lose your concentration and it becomes um, significant and noticeable, even to yourself. And, and that does happen to me. And then what happens is that it goes a little bit step further where I will just sit and do nothing. I just do nothing because I'm just overwhelmed. Yeah. So those are my, my like three things that happens to me. Uh, when I, when I get into this super stress situation. Yeah. And I think, you know, 
those, some of the things you were saying can relate to me too. And, and especially the last one where you're kind of like, okay, I just want to do absolutely nothing. And I Mm -hmm. hear this a lot from, from women and even, I mean, men in general, anybody that's going through a time in their life where there's stress, I hear it often. They're like, I just, at the end of the day, I'm so exhausted. I don't even want to work out. I don't even care if I eat healthy. I just want to sit down on the couch and just binge watch Netflix or whatever they're, <laughs> they're watching at the time. And right. that definitely, I mean, that's definitely a sign, right? That you yeah. are oh, yeah. overtaxed. Your brain is yeah. shutting down at yeah. that moment in time. Right. It definitely is. Yeah. 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 And it's, I think some, some people might have a hard time really figuring out what it is, you know, that, that are coming up in these feelings. Um, do you recommend like with your clients, do you guys, do you recommend journaling? What are some of the things that people can do to kind of go within to find those out? Sure. Uh, journaling is always a great idea. You can keep a journal right next to your bed. Um, you know, in case you're the type of person like me who suddenly wakes up in the middle of the night and, and you, you're tossing, you're turning, you can't fall back to sleep. If you have a spouse and you can't turn on the light, that may not be a great idea or, you know, somebody, a significant other or something. Um, but sometimes you can, you know, just journal and get whatever it is that's on your mind that's, that's making you toss and turn down on paper. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's a really good idea. Uh, sometimes it's, it's reading a book just, you know, just to help yourself fall back asleep. But if you need to get something off your mind, journaling is a great way to do it. That's great. Or walking, because when you're walking, you can think and you can process, you can just, whatever it is that's heavy and weighing on your mind, you can walk and have a conversation with yourself and think it out, weigh it out talk to yourself in your mind or talk out loud. If nobody's with you, who cares? Just get it out. Just get it out. Yeah. Those are two things that are great for that. Yes. Yeah. And you know, especially the the journaling and the movement, like the walking so Mm -hmm. important. Our bodies are so, our bodies are designed to move, you know, we're supposed to. And I think in our time, you know, in, in, in this day and age, in our modern time, you know, we don't move enough. We really yeah. don't move enough. And I think that's a huge one for stress relief. I and mean, they say it a lot, right? Exercising. But yeah. exercising, for some people, might they might think exercising as in I have to go to the gym or I have to run or you, you know, I have to do a boot camp class. But no, yeah. it can be as simple as just walking around the block or going for a hike in nature. So Yeah, it can be gardening. I'm a huge gardener. It can be gardening. Yeah. I tell you, you work in your garden for an hour. I mean, really work. It, it's exercise. And I don't know, I posted something on Instagram the other day because I, I've been feeling, quite honestly, heavy in my heart and in my soul about everything that's been happening. And um, somebody made a comment back to me about dancing, how I need to dance, movement and how the body needs movement, just what you said. Yeah. And I thought, you are absolutely right. I can't remember who made the comment to me, but I was so thankful that they said that. And today, um, earlier today, when I was um, feeding my dogs, I put on a playlist of dance music that I just love. It's, it's, it's kind of like um, late 90s music. I'm not quite sure. But anyway, <laughs> and I started dancing in my kitchen and I thought, oh my God, I needed this. I just, I can't wait to go back on Instagram and tell, tell that person that that's exactly what I did because I so needed that. I just needed to dance. I just really needed it. It felt wonderful and it made me smile. Oh, that sounds so amazing. Just for that free form dancing and nobody's around. Who cares how you're moving? And yeah, how freeing and oh yeah, that would be something. I mean, we just don't dance enough, right? We really no, don't. We don't. Do it, ladies. Yes. Anybody yes. listening, I totally encourage you to put on whatever music makes your soul shine mm. and do it. It really helps. I you know, I do it um I my form of dancing is hula hooping. So I take on, I put on some dance music and I get in my hoop and I, I move that way. And it's just, that's, it's not only, you know, form of, uh, exercise and movement, but it's also creativity too. And that's so good for the mind. 
Yeah. Thank you for that tip because I think that's going to really hit with a lot of people for sure and make them feel good while they do it. That's so important. It does. I mean, I was, I mean, I was smiling ear to ear and my dogs were looking at me like, what are you doing, mommy? But it was great. The old head tilt over, like the dog yes. looking at you like, what? <laughs> You're funny, mom. What are you doing? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So with, you know, so we talked about the, um, things, how, how things might be showing up for you and that, that are related to stress, but identifying the stress triggers is a big one too. You know, after you know, Hey, you know what? The things I'm doing in my life are causing me to be stressed. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people, um, this may not be an easy subject for a lot of people. And a lot, a lot of people may have a hard time trying to figure out what their triggers are. Um, what are some th ways that they can do that too? Like, what are some ways that people can kind of try to figure out what, what are the triggers in my life that could be causing me this stress? Well, journaling is a way to help you keep track of that. So just like some people keep a food diary, you keep a trigger diary. Okay. I mean, you don't necessarily have to call it that, but you just keep, <laughs> <laughs> you keep a diary or journal, whatever you want to call it. And when something sets you off, whatever it is, you just make note of what you believe set you off, how you're feeling, and you just start to recognize patterns. Mm -hmm. You know, until you um, write these things down, you're not going to recognize patterns. Just like until you keep a food diary, you're not really going to pay attention and notice the way you eat. Mm -hmm. Because you're always going to lie to yourself. You're always going to say, oh, I, I don't eat big portions. I don't eat that much candy. I, until you put it on paper, you, you won't admit what really is going on. And it's kind of the same way when you're trying to find a trigger, unless it's so obvious and, and you start to feel it yourself. Like, I know my own triggers with some of these stressors. Like, I, I, I had to just turn the TV off. I stopped reading the newspapers. Like I used to read the Sunday newspaper all the time. Mm -hmm. No more. I, I can't even look at it anymore. But some people just don't recognize these things in themselves. And so when they feel something has set them off, or when they feel the emotion or the stress of whatever it is, then maybe what they knew, need to do is start that journal and say, okay, I'm feeling this what just happened that made me feel this way and write it down and just keep track of these things. That's yes. really the, I think the best way. Yeah, I think so too. And just getting that pen to paper and honestly, it doesn't even have to be paper, right? Like they could just, if they're yeah. out somewhere, they could just have a, a, a note in their phone where, you know, they're sort yeah, yeah. sure. their figures too. <laughs> I mean, we're in yeah. the, a lot of people don't even have a journal because they use their phone most of the time. That's but, true. That's true. Yeah. You know, you're so right about just, you know, it really solidifies when it, when you're actually putting words down mm -hmm. about how you feel. And I think once you start that flow of journaling and recording, then it gets easier and easier, right? The more you do yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with, with the stress and some of the things that we can mitigate stress with, I know before we were talking and you were talking about your story and how, you know, self-care wasn't a big uh, part of your life for the longest time, especially when you were working 60 hours a week. Um, now, how does self-care play a role in the reduction of stress and why is it important for that? Well, basically, uh unless you're taking care of yourself, you can't really take care of anyone else. And if you are part of a family or part of a relationship or part of society, you want to be able to participate and help others. That's just a normal human instinct. Mm -hmm. um, and if you are physically unwell, to the point where it can affect your um, mental wellness. And I'm not talking about mental illness here, but if you, it can affect you um, spiritually and emotionally to the point where you're unwell, then, 
everything sort of snowballs. Mm -hmm. And your role as a human being and as a member of society becomes affected. And I'm not, I'm not certainly not trying to preach here about anything going on in our society right now or in, uh, in the world today. All I'm saying is that with the stresses going on between virus pandemic and the world situation, your own self-care is extremely important. Mm -hmm. uh, if you yourself are unwell, um, your whole defense mechanism and your whole ability to help others uh, becomes affected. And um, in my opinion, as a human being, part of our role is to be there for others, mm -hmm. not to be a solitary uh, individual. And the, unless you yourself are well, it's difficult to help others. Yeah. That's all. That's all I, that's how I feel. So. Yeah. And you know, I totally agree with you. And I think a lot of the listeners that would be listening right now, you know, if they're attracted to this podcast, they're probably wanting to help in some way as well, right? That could be one of their purposes or their, their inner Dharma. And it's so true. You know, you can't help others if you're not taking care of yourself first. And that goes not only with just, you know, work or a business, you know, or sense, but in your relationships and as, you know, as parents and all these things, it all falls into place for sure. Now with self-care, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, well, what is like, what is self-care? Do I just take a bubble bath or, <laughs> you know, maybe I'll schedule in a bath like three times a week, or is it just you know, positive mental attitude? Like what, what are some things that people can do that, that really would nurture themselves? Well, I already mentioned one of them and it's sleep. You need quality and good quality sleep and you need a certain quantity of sleep. And the average um, adult person needs <clears throat> typically seven hours of sleep, seven to eight hours of sleep. Um, Sleep is when your body heals itself, rejuvenates itself. It's when your mind gets to deal with all, all uh, emotions and fears and a lot of subconscious activity takes place. So it's extremely important that you get quantity, good quantity and quality sleep. Um, another one that I kind of briefly touched on is uh, eating you need to eat healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, I talked about how I just want to sit down sometimes in a chair and just do nothing. Well, sometimes that nothing will include nachos or <laughs> a big glass of red wine, right? Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not always the best habit to fall into. You want to, um, you want to eat healthy. You want to make healthy choices with your food. So uh, whatever, whatever appeals to you with healthy foods. You know, I'm a vegetarian. So I'm not telling everybody, oh, you have to become vegetarian or you must be vegan or, you know, no. But just make wise decisions with your food. Don't, mm -hmm. you know, during this whole uh, pandemic thing, a lot of people put on weight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, okay, well, what are you going to do now? You, you know, after the pandemic is over, you, now you have to go on a diet. And so you, you really have to be wise about your food choices. You need to exercise. Okay. We talked about exercise. Exercise doesn't mean you have to go to the gym. A lot of gyms were closed for a long time too. So exercise, go for a walk, work in your garden. Um, there's, there's other ways to get exercise. If you're a person who happens to have a swimming pool in your backyard, swim, do laps, do something, but get out and get some exercise. Ride your bike, do something. Um, what? Do something nice for somebody else. 
that makes you feel good. That makes you feel good. If you have a neighbor, um, whether they're old or whether they're not old, it doesn't matter. You know, some people think, oh, well, my neighbor's not elderly. They can help themselves. No, do something nice for your neighbor. If you're out cutting your lawn, cut their lawn too. Do something nice for somebody. That genuinely makes you feel mm -hmm. good. Um, okay, we're all watching a lot of TV now because we've got not much else going on, right? Well, instead of, instead of watching um, cops and robbers or all this depressing news and all that stuff, watch a comedy. Laughing mm -hmm. is so good for you. Laughing helps your hormones. It decreases all these stress hormones in your body. Laugh. Read a book that's funny. Play fun games at your house. Do something that is going to be fun. Be around funny people. If you know people that crack you up and make you laugh, be with those people. Read a book. Listen to music. Dance while you're listening to your music. Get your body moving. Get your mind in a positive frame of mind, but don't don't make it like woo woo woo. I gotta you know I have to do something spiritual. Yeah, okay, spiritual is good, but there's basic stuff that you can do that will get you in a positive frame of mind. Okay, one of my favorite movies is My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> right, that tells you a little bit about me. I could watch that movie a hundred times and I may have watched it 50 already, but that movie will make me laugh. No matter how many times I've watched it. And that's what you need to do. If you know, there's a movie out there that makes you laugh, watch it, watch it twice a week. If it's going to make you laugh, watch it and laugh. Listen to the music that you love and is going to make you dance. Do those kinds of things. Do positive things. And if you meditate, absolutely meditate. I'm a firm believer in meditation. I meditate often. But you don't have to be a yogi. You don't have to be a meditator. You can do a lot of things to help relieve stress. Thank you for those tips, Susan. Those are so, they're, they're so simple that, I mean, they would appeal to everybody, really. I'm sure, I'm sure some of the audience can, and if you, if you want, you can re, go back and write those down and pick a few of those that really resonate with you because, you know, those are really, really good tips. And I wanted to touch on the meditation. Now, so you have a, you have a, a YouTube channel and you do a form of meditation. Is it once a week? What's you do like a self care with yes, singing I bowls and everything? Mm -hmm, I do. I do. It's um. I do it on my in my Facebook group called uh, Women Inspired Beyond Asanas, and it's a. I do it on Facebook Live through that group, and it's uh, Yin Yoga and meditation. And sometimes it's with my bowl, and sometimes it's Yoga Nidra, or sometimes it's a guided meditation. So yeah, it's um, and it's totally free. So um, yeah, I am a huge believer in meditation. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Go and check that out because that is an amazing free resource. And then you can actually connect with Susan that way. Also, you were touching on, and it's so important. Like you said, I think I'm glad you made it. Number one was asleep. I think, you know, that a lot of people these days are chronically tired because they're, they don't get enough sleep. Right. And science shows, uh, especially as women and as, as we get into adulthood, we need, they say anywhere from six to eight hours, but op optimal sleep is seven to eight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people that are getting five, four, you know, maybe six hours if they're lucky here and there. And that's so important to try and get that quality of sleep. Right. Now you... Susie, you did take a course on sleep, like a workshop on sleep. What was that about that you took? It was uh, the yoga nidra? Yeah. Was it around sleep that I, there was a part of it that yeah. you talked about? Yes. Yoga nidra is uh, what they, it's also called yogic sleep. So uh, what it is, it's a form of, um, it's a form of guided meditation but what it also is, uh, it's a form of sleep. 
where the person who is being led into the sleep process listens to me, in this case, I would be leading you. <clears throat> you would be either laying on your mat or your, your couch, wherever. I mean, I can even do this over the phone with a person. And listen, they, you would listen to um, my voice and what I'm leading you through. And the, the, uh, the person who is listening reaches a state where they fall into what is called yogic sleep. Now, you are never, um, you're not being hypnotized. You are never fully asleep, but you are in like a twilight kind of a zone where you're still awake, but you're almost uh, like in a subconscious kind of a state. And the equivalent of one hour of yoga nidra is equal to about nine hours of actual sleep. Wow. So it's extremely, extremely effective and positive for the body and the central nervous system and the brain. It's a very, very healthy practice. Yeah, it's really a wonderful thing. That's Yoga amazing. Nidra. Yeah. And, and you recommend doing this any time of day or is it best to do it at night? Well, for people who have sleep issues, it's really great to do it at night. You can do it in the morning. Um, so, and I know some people who do do it in the morning. Um, I tend to prefer the practice um, either early evening or at night because it's very, very restful very restful and a lot of people who practice um just want to roll over right afterwards and go to bed <laughs> so it might be a good time to do it right before you're going to go to sleep yeah yeah and i think insomnia is such a chronic uh problem for a lot of people just even oh, being yeah. able to get into the sleep right or having that quality of sleep where they sleep through the whole night without waking up right what, exactly. a, what a gift to be able to give people now you have some other uh programs and services that you offer. Can you tell our audience a little bit more about those? Well, sure. Um, I, I do, uh, well, the virtual retreat um, I already mentioned, and um, I also have uh, several coaching packages. Um, I have a 90-minute uh, a coaching package, and then I have a, a can we coaching package? And my clients are always women. I, I work with women because I feel led to be working with women. Um, it's just part of who I am and, and what I feel led to do. Uh, and I have also, in the past, I had a, a women's circle. that This was pre-pandemic. Um, and I, I probably will try to pick that up again. Um, and I also lead women's retreats. And I did that, uh, I've been to um, Cortona, Italy, uh, Cancun, uh, not, well, yeah, Cancun, Tulum. Oh, and so uh, yeah, and I'm hoping uh, that as soon as travel and everything gets back to normal again, I'm hoping to bring a group to uh, Costa Brava, Spain. Oh, uh, yeah. That's amazing. You must be itching to be able to do that again, because oh, that is... How incredible would it be to travel to these beautiful destinations, you know, help women, you know, get into their power and nurture themselves and then just be able to meet such incredible people from all over the place. Yes. Wow. Yeah. It's just spectacular to be able to practice yoga, meditate and, and share uh, with other women in these beautiful places. It's just it, it, it's it's an experience beyond belief. It's just beautiful. Yeah. I can only imagine. Mm. So, where would our audience go, Susan, to find more uh, find more information about you and connect with you further? Oh, okay, sure. My website is uh, Susan Proper Yoga or Susan Proper Yin Yoga. You can use either one. And my uh, Facebook page is the same, Susan Proper Yoga, and Instagram is the same as well. Awesome. And I will have the links to your website and your social media platforms in the show notes. So okay. 
for any of the listeners out there that want to go and connect with her further, uh, just click the link in the uh, description below and you will get all of her information. So I have one last question for you that I ask everybody, Susan, on every podcast. And that is if you can give our audience one tip to inspire them to live a healthier, happier life, what would that be? Mm. A happy, healthier life care and self-love are the most important things that you can do for yourself. I truly believe that. Um, Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. That's so powerful. And it's, I mean, that's all you need to say. (laughs) It sums (laughs) it up really, really nicely. So thank you so much for all your tips and tricks. And honestly, I'm sure the the people listening got a lot out of this. And I, it was a pleasure talking to you and you are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to just empowerment and, you know, getting rid of stress in your life. And I love what you're doing, Susan, there's such a need for it in the world right now. And I thank you for giving your services to the women out there. Thank you. You're welcome. So until next time, I'm going to wrap things up. And uh, it was such a pleasure again. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Inspire Her Health podcast. If you were inspired about what you heard today, please leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Also, please help us to inspire more women to live their best by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it on your social media. Be sure to tag us at Inspire Her Health so that we may give you a shout out on our social platforms and thank you for your support. If you would like more tips and tricks on how to live a healthier, happier life, be sure to visit us on our online magazine at www.inspireherhealth.com. And while you're there, we would love for you to join our community where you will be automatically entered in for our monthly giveaways, as well as receive weekly wellness challenges and exclusive content to inspire you through mind, body, and life. Thanks again for tuning in. See you in the next episode.